everyone and welcome back to the Action Bonus Podcast. This is the Naturopath's Corner with me, Maya the Naturopath. It's lovely to have you here with me again today to discuss this super uplifting topic of heart attacks. <laughs> I know, I know, I feel like, oh Maya, that's exciting, can't wait. But I think it's one of those things that a lot of us carry around this fear of having a heart attack and that not not unreasonable because ischemic heart disease is one of the leading causes of death in the United Kingdom for both men and women. So it's not really surprising that this is something a lot of us live in a little bit of fear of. But let's try and see what a heart attack actually is. What are the symptoms of it? What are the risk factors and how can we treat them? I want to start with what actually is a heart attack. Well, the progression of heart disease is basically determined by how severe atherosclerosis is. If I'm trying to put it in a really plain way, it means how much plaque is being built up in your blood vessels. Okay, that that plaque in our blood vessels, that is called atherosclerosis. So a heart attack will actually result from the formation of this plaque, this atherosclerosis, and they can sort of block the passage of blood in the blood vessels from getting to the heart. It's like if a pipe gets clogged up with muck. So while there's just a little bit of muck, the water will still flow through. (laughs) Sorry, the water will still flow through. But the flow of water is going to get weaker and weaker as the muck just gets clogged. And eventually, if we are not stopping to clean this pipe, no water will be flowing through. So if if that doesn't make sense for you, um, in the blog post attached to this, there'll be a short video from the British Heart Foundation, which explains it probably clearer. Sometimes you need a visual image. But basically, when these pipes get clogged, these pipes being our blood vessels leading blood and oxygen towards the heart, if they get clogged up, then no oxygen reaches the heart and the heart tissue starts to die. That's a heart attack. How do you feel when this happens? Well, it's different for men and women. And this is probably the most important information you'll get out of this. Men and women have different symptoms for heart attacks and most of us only know the ones that apply to men. So the symptoms that apply for both men and women include chest pains, discomfort, there'll be pain or pressure in the chest. This is usually, there's something called a sign called Levin, which is uh, clutching your chest. Um, You'll have radiation of this pain to the neck, the shoulders, the back, the arms, the jaws. Um, You can also have heartburn, a strong pulse, changes in heart rate. There can be difficulty breathing or nausea. There can be vomiting or abdominal pain, cold sweats, dizziness. But then, of course, there are symptoms that are really typical in women. These are usually weaker symptoms that can appear without having the chest pain. Okay, so this is the important part to know with women. We don't usually have the clutching of the chest kind of pain. It can happen. It's less common. Um, What you'll see is more things like sudden weakness, the shortness of breath. There'll be general pain, sort of a burning sensation, which 
a lot of women will associate with just having heartburn. It can be pain or discomfort in the back, the neck, the shoulders, the arm, the jaw. So the symptoms are different in men and women. But if you suspect that you're having a heart attack, you have to take yourself to urgent care right away. Okay, this requires medical attention. It's not the kind of thing that you just stay home for. That's one of the problems with the fact that most women don't have symptoms that they recognize is that a lot of women go untreated at least for a few days because they don't take the symptoms seriously enough. Now, so what are the risk factors for having a heart attack? Well, there's a few risk factors that some of them will be more obvious than others. And the first one is smoking. I know most people associate smoking with lung cancer, but it's not just that. It does cause heart disease. Smokers are between two and six times more likely to have a heart attack than non-smokers. Smoking also increases the risk of a stroke. Women smokers who are also taking birth control pills are at an even higher risk. A sedentary lifestyle. Not exercising enough can lead to increased risk of suffering from heart attacks. Exercise also will reduce the risk of high cholesterol, hypertension, diabetes, and obesity. So really, this is the most important risk factor that is under your control. Um, you know the recommendation, 20 to 30 minutes of exercise five times a week. Get it done. It's, 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 once you start doing it, it is actually doable. I was about to say fun, but I was like, don't, don't go overboard. <laughs> don't, don't oversell it. Hypertension, blood pressure measures two main values. The systolic, which is the high number, which is the pressure in the blood vessels. And that is caused by the heart during contraction. And the diastolic measures the blood pressure in the blood vessels at rest when the heart fills up. Um, it's the most important factor in preventing heart failure and stroke in women. There are no symptoms of hypertension unless it reaches extremely high levels, at which case you might start feeling um, weak, stressed and headachey. Today, we're encouraged to have a blood pressure of 120 by 80 or less. You need to be measuring your blood pressure at least once in a while because it is called the silent killer for a reason. Another risk factor is obesity, having a BMI greater or equal to 30. Specifically, abdominal obesity um, can increase the risk of cardiovascular disease. It's also a risk uh, factor for diabetes, high cholesterol and high blood pressure. So it's another one of those things that is these risk factors sort of feed off each other a little bit. So diabetes is a risk factor in and of itself. It increases the risk of cardiovascular disease and it increases threefold the risk of death from heart, from heart disease. Cholesterol, having high cholesterol, about a third of our cholesterol comes from our diet while the rest is produced in the body. Uh, cholesterol levels in postmenopausal women tend to be higher than in men and a low cholesterol diet reduces the risk of cardiovascular disease. And I say from personal experience, I used to have really high cholesterol levels and it was always suggested to me that this is familial. 
And what I can say is that some things are familial because we eat the same as our parents and grandparents did, not necessarily because we have a genetic tendency. My cholesterol levels used to be very high and today they are really low. So it is possible and you cannot tell me that my life isn't still joyful. It is absolutely reversible. Metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is basically three of five symptoms at least. Uh, these symptoms are blood glucose levels, which are high, high tri- triglyceride levels, high blood pressure levels, um, low HDL cholesterol, that is the good quote-unquote cholesterol, and abdominal obesity. So if you have over three of these symptoms, or at least three of these symptoms, you could potentially have metabolic syndrome. This metabolic syndrome increases the risk of heart disease and heart attacks significantly. Um, Another risk factor is age. In old age, the risk of cardiovascular disease increases. Men are at high risk until age 50, but after menopause, us women, we catch up and are at equal risk. Um, The last risk factor is genetics. Having close family connection to someone who died of a heart attack at a young age increases your personal risk. This doesn't apply if this relation was, you know, elderly. It's really about people with young history of heart attacks. So these risk factors will explain about half of the cases, but there are other risk factors that we don't quite know yet. So how do you know what the condition of your heart is? Well, there's a variety of tests you can ask your GP to see the condition of your heart. Um, This can be echocardiography, stress tests, blood tests, which include CRP, which is a measure of inflammation in the body, um, as well as cholesterol and, of course, a blood pressure test. Um, Blood pressure, you can get a machine that measures this at home. And there's no reason why if you... If you are worried about your heart health, there is no reason that your GP will not send you to any of these tests. So what are the treatment options? According to Western medicine, an obstruction can be treated with medication. The most common ones we'll see are aspirin, which is a blood thinner. There's nitroglycerin, which reduces chest pain. There are beta blockers, which are used to reduce the load in the heart calcium channel blockers which reduce blood pressure and chest pain there's ACE inhibitors and they reduce blood pressure and they improve heart function after a heart attack statins reduce cholesterol levels and reduce the risk of recurrent heart attacks and HRT hormone replacement therapy which keeps us women with a higher level of estrogen hormones it increases the risk of other diseases And that's why it's no longer recommended for heart disease, although some women still take it for that. There are also interventional measures like angioplasty or a stent, um, and they dilate the blood vessels in a really physical manner. If there is a severe case, you could be referred to coronary artery bypass, which is surgery. But... Let's avoid that if at all possible, yeah? So how can you reduce the risk of a heart attack? Well, medical monitoring of these risk factors is really an integral part of treatment. When you notice the beginning of a problem, you can seek treatment 
for these existing risk factors to create a healthy lifestyle. And by leading this healthy lifestyle, in most cases, we can avoid the need for medication. And even if the condition is more advanced, an improvement in lifestyle can lead to a regression of atherosclerosis. Remember the plaque? And it can even lead to a recovery from heart disease. Using nutrition, herbal medicine, lifestyle has a huge impact and it is honestly never too late to start. Small changes cause big improvements. For every 1% reduction in total cholesterol levels, we see a 2% improvement in complications of cardiovascular disease. For every one millimeter reduction in systolic blood pressure, we see a 2% improvement in mortality, right? If you're diabetic, each 1% decrease in glycated hemoglobin, which is called hemoglobin A1C, um, produces a 14% improvement with regard to the risk of heart attack. So these are all changes that you can achieve through lifestyle changes and as someone who is recovering from a heart condition herself I can tell you that it is absolutely doable absolutely possible and you can do it too if you have questions if you are concerned about risk factors that you might have please contact me or any other naturopath and seek treatment because it can improve we can reduce risk we can reverse heart disease i am a believer because i have lived through it <laughs> i am gonna step off the soapbox for today but this is one of the things that i love most talking about as you can tell by how excited i get discussing this because change is real it is possible you can achieve it and i can't wait to see what amazing results you can get to love you all hope you have a really really great week i will see you next time bye